going to take it. and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let, let's get right to it. All right, welcome into another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Bob Ryan. And uh, thanks for uh, following us again. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you uh, uh, do so, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's uh, iTunes, whether it's uh, on Bob's uh, Twitter account, wherever it is, we appreciate you watching. And uh, we've got a hopefully uh, eventful offseason here of of NBA. And uh, we got some news, Bob. We got some news. Let's start with the news back home here with Marcus Smart. Smart. And... That's your guy. So I, I know you would empty your bank account to keep Marcus smart. But were you surprised that Brad Stevens uh, emptied uh, Wick and, and Pags' bank account for Marcus? Leslie, so, although it doesn't mean you can't, still can't trade him, you know. So I understand that. And I know I know where your fondest heart desire is, Jeff Goodman. But, um, you know, I am a, a suck up, a sickle pant, a, a, a cult follower, a devotee. Uh, a, a fan of that young man's and I, I am willing to put up with his foibles. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't like some of the shots either guys. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm blind to his faults. I just love what he brings and I love what he brings. And I, I maintain there is nobody quite like him. There's a few pests out there. Patrick Beverly's a pest. There's a few pests, but he's a six foot five pest with, with who's fearless and and he does some things that help you win games. And yeah, yeah. I, of course, I wish he were more polished on the offensive. Brad apparently is not giving up on the idea that he can smooth out the rough edges on the, in the offensive end because you know uh, he he's already on a record of talking, wanting the ball in his hands and and all that stuff. So we'll see how this all works out. You know, it's very, very interesting given the dynamics of of Jason Tatum and what how he comes back from his summer experience his gold medal experience and you know then the, the Jalen Brown coming off an all-star year and how he fits how he sees himself fitting in so they they all have to if they don't come together with one common purpose which is a win and figure out the best way to do it uh you know it's sad because they they're 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 in the they're physical prime they're all I mean this is not you know and the prime isn't 30 31 this is when they're never going to be friskier than they are right now now he's the oldest in a bunch. Why was he 26? So 27. So. And, and that was my question to you. At 27, can you change? Can you really alter your game when you've had these habits? And I've seen these habits from him forever. Okay. Like, yeah, you I think they've gotten worse, not better, in terms of shooting the ball, making poor decisions on what is a good shot and what is not a good shot. I don't think Brad held him accountable enough for that. I, I don't know if you disagree or not. I wonder if Ime is going to hold him more accountable and figure out a way to kind of get him to under, and maybe maybe it'll be easier because you're saying here's the ball. It's not Kyrie's ball anymore. It's not Kemba's show anymore. It is your show. So now you don't have to worry about scoring, taking all these shots and forcing things. You're going to get more shots. You're going to be on the court more. You're not just coming in as an offensive stopper anymore. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's very true. This is one of the many 
questions, the individual questions that we are looking to see answered by EMA. What is EMA's re, uh, re, uh, response to people? What is it? How is it? What's their response to him? I mean, we got a whole new thing. We got, you know, we got used to something for seven years and, and we've been, and now we got a new one, a whole, and it's a blank slate for all of us. It's a blank slate. This is his first coach, head coach job. So nobody knows for sure. Yeah. We know he's got a pop pedigree and we know, you know, we know his official background, but you know, only, you know, we're going to find out what's really in his head and how he really goes about things when he's in charge. And, and this is, we don't know. Um, but it's, it, it's very important. I mean, these are, you know, these are your three best players, you know, and, and, and Marcus Smart is, is that good enough. It, can you be good enough if Marcus Smart is your third best player, Bob? Like, it, can you be a team that can win an Eastern Conference title with Marcus Smart as your uh, third best? You argued best that he already was two years ago, or maybe you say he was the fourth best of Kemba. Yeah. But Kemba was never was self, you know, was only temporarily the Kemba right. that they hoped for. Um, yeah, he's been there at times, and they've gone into the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I like to think so, but it, it's. I'll tell you what. There's. I'm dying of curiosity. I mean, I'm. I, I don't usually talk like this in the middle of August, but I, I was training camp work t- tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I want to see this too. Up. I want to see the Marcus Smart. I hate to call it an experiment, but it is an experiment as a starting de facto point guard. Now, again, yeah. the beauty yeah. of it in a way is if Marcus Smart doesn't work out, you have a guy behind him that should be just as hungry, if not hungrier for different reasons, and Dennis Schroeder that's saying to himself, you know what, at the first sign of this, and, and they should push each other. Marcus Smart just got paid, and it's really coming off kind of a subpar year for him, especially yeah. on the defensive end, you know, and he was hurt. And, and now you've got Schroeder who's saying to himself, like, I got to make money for next year. I got to find a way to get in the court. I don't know where Peyton Pritchard in his 92-point Pro-Am uh, performance fit in. Bob, I want to know, I texted Danny Ainge. I said, Danny, were you guarding Peyton Pritchard? You know, the pride of Eugene, Danny Ainge. Were you were you guarding Peyton Pritchard in this performance? <laughs> I think a lamppost was uh, that night. Uh, that 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 blows, that just totally blows my mind. You know, I mean, come on. Hey, if you told me that uh, Durant went off for 92 uh, in, in an exhibition game, sure. I would have been dazzled. But, but Peyton Pritchard? Come on. Uh, how many, I don't know how many FGAs were there for that. I, I, I didn't see. I love the box score. I haven't seen a box score. I don't know if, what hey, if you saw the box score, that might be the last box score you ever look at after <laughs> this one. You know, this and Isaiah Thomas is what did he have? 60, what did he have? 80, 70? Isaiah had Isaiah recently had oh, like he had, some, yeah, he had 80, I think. 80. I mean, come on. And then then uh Nick Young tweets out how bad the pro ams now. And then Jamal Crawford goes back at him and says, all right, they're that bad. You show up. Come on, come on out to Seattle and play in our pro-am. Well, I saw Nick Young in the three-on-three, the big three thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick Young looks like he, he's put on about a good 20, 25 pounds. Well, okay. so I don't think he's showing up in any Seattle pro-am. But the pro-ams are. I mean, listen, if Isaiah Thomas, who can't get on a roster right now, is scoring 80, and Peyton yeah. Pritchard, who is the third point guard right now on an NBA team, is scoring 90, uh, we know the programs. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm just it's an amusing, amusing little subplot. Yes. I'm not, anyway, that, by the way, I, I we all I like Peyton Pritchard, uh, and I think we're going to always like him. And, and he's yeah. never going to be in the All Star game, but he's going to be around for ten or twelve years. And he's going to be probably play for a couple, you know, several teams, frankly, and be coveted uh, and 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 be a, and can be a in a rotation of a of a championship team. Frankly, I think he's he's yeah, he's, he's, and he fits well with Mark. Like I actually think you could play him and Marcus Smart together. 
you know, because Marcus yeah. can guard at such a high level and Pritchard can shoot at such a high level. You could actually put them on the court at, at the same time. The other thing we have not talked about is uh, Kemba Walker going back to New York. Well, I, I'm, I'm firmly of the opinion that I don't know what the hell they're looking at, uh, that they would invest a lot of money, a lot of hope. Sure, we all – and we wish them well. Yes, uh, we just, yes. Uh, but, wow, that is – that's really an optimistic viewpoint based on what he's shown. Just physical. I don't think he's getting as much. I don't think the Knicks are paying him as much. No. I can't remember what the number was. But, I mean, of course, it's a big deal in New York. He's a home guy, hometown right. guy. He's excited. They're excited. Um, okay, great. All right. It doesn't scare me, okay, if I'm the rest of the doesn't. I don't see it upsetting the balance of power in the Eastern Conference particularly. If I'm wrong, fine. And, and, and I'm happy for that guy. He's a, he's a worthy guy. You want to root for him. I wish it had worked out here. Totally wish it had worked out here, yep. but it didn't. And I'd let the Celtics cut their loss. I thought uh, in, in time and I, the, the Knicks see that they, but you got, you can't tell me they know anything. They're hoping. No, it's a hope. And, and again, the Knicks is their point guard situation has been so God awful over the last oh. few years. Yeah. So I'm sure they're saying to themselves, you know what? He's better than whatever we have. We're not, we don't have to pay him, you know, what the Celtics were paying him. So why not take a chance? I'm Listen, I'm rooting for Kemba more than anybody. I, I love Kemba. And, and I think it's good for the league, too, that the Knicks are, are relevant. So oh, I, want the, I want the Knicks to be relevant. Don't yeah, worry. it's fun. I, I've, I've gone on record saying that a long time ago. And I, I lived through, you know, enough periods when they were to know what a difference it makes in the league. And also for the Celtic rivalry, it was fun. One of the great handful of rivals ever, right? Was the early 70s Knicks Celtics? Oh my God, the, the garden was a collegiate atmosphere, it was fun. But it's great when the Knicks, because the Knicks are polarizing. People would line up. The people love New York, hate New York, and that's yeah. good. <laughs> They'll pay attention. That's the thing. They will pay attention. I wonder Knicks. how much they're going to have to um, load manage Kemba. And, and, and I guess you can if you're the Knicks, right? You play them two out of every three, make sure the knee's healthy. And the problem is, again, when Kemba wasn't able to play in the playoffs for the Celtics last year, I think that was it. I think that was it for Brad Stevens was, you know what, if we can't count on him, yeah. what, what's he here for? Of course. All right. That's what I'm saying. I don't see how it's any reason to think that things have improved substantially. That needs right. to be really a problem, but let's be wrong. Fine. Hey, it won't be the first time, but I mean, I certainly don't wish him any, any ill will. I trust you. Trust me on that. This episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Because they are focused on managing and growing their business, they can't always spend the time that they wish they could on recruiting. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. Get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. Fill out targeted screening questions and get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation that you need. Then, it's easy to filter and prioritize the top candidates you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash scribe. That's linkedin.com slash scribe to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so an another guy whose health has been questioned uh, but got paid uh, today was Joel Embiid. He got four years, 196 million to Supermax. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski, 
I don't think there are any provisions in there health-wise. I think it's fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed, I'm told. I know, but yeah. Um, 27. Forget about, forget about 20, 19, 20. Forget about right. season Here's the number of games he's played in the last three full seasons. Okay. 63, 64, 51. It's not great. He's out there, is he good? Oh, my God. He's frighteningly talented. He's a, he can do all the stuff in a low post that I, you know, that I cherish and he can step out and hit the three and he can rebound and, and, and he can play this game. He's, There's he's nothing a, he can't do, Bob. There's not, nothing this kid cannot do on the court. He's that talented, but, but, but are you going to give him that money guaranteed through 2027 when he will be what? Uh, 33 years old. Well, they're, they're, they made that commitment because we're told it's guaranteed. Um, you know, um, so good luck to him. But I mean, and also the other thing, as we know, he's one of the fun personalities in the league. Yes. I mean, he's, he's you know, who doesn't, you know, he's fun to have around and that's, that's good too. So uh, I wonder how much to playing hurt last year in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that had Daryl Morey saying, you know what, if he's going to go out there, cause that was the big knock on him in the past was the first sign of everything or anything. Joel Embiid and the Sixers would both shut him down. But playing like he did through the postseason last year and gutting it out, you could tell he wasn't himself. Yeah, I, I wonder if that said to Daryl Morey in, in, in the Sixers management, all right, you know what? Let's get this done now rather than waiting another year. Yeah, it could be something. Well, I mean, whatever. It's a it's a it's a swallow hard step to to invest that much in a guy who has not proven that he can stay healthy. And um, yeah, uh, so is it a but is it a dumb business decision to do it now instead of waiting a year from now? Because what if he gets hurt this year? What if he has some major injury again this year? Like, why do you need to do it today rather than waiting another year? I don't know. I guess that's why they pay guys like Daryl Morey to big money, and we sit yeah. here and criticize. I don't know. I don't. Uh, it's it 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 makes it's a valid question, but they. I don't know. They're afraid. Well, was the contract, was it, would he been up at the end of this year? Or oh, this is an extension. I know. An extension. It doesn't kick in until two more years. So, so he already was, wasn't as if they had to worry about losing him. At, correct. Taking a walk. Now again, do you worry about upsetting him if he wants a deal now and his, his agent wants a deal now? Sure. But again, from a business standpoint, I feel like too many GMs, too many athletic directors, they, they make decisions that aren't based enough on like sound business decisions. And we'll see. I mean, again, um, the, the big question really isn't MB getting the Supermax. The big question is, can they deal Ben Simmons here before the start of training camp? Because how awkward is it going to be, Bob? How awkward is it going to be if Ben Simmons comes into camp knowing they have tried like hell to deal him all off season and couldn't find a taker for what they were trying to get. I can't imagine uh, what that is going to be like. And and, uh, uh, and then again, now the latest rumor out there, not latest, that the ongoing rumor is Minnesota has interest. Oh, terrific. So I took a look at Minnesota's roster. Yeah. Who do you uh, want? Who do you want? The only, you know, I take D'Angelo Russell. I mean, you know, he's a, uh, you know, and Anthony Edwards is certainly, uh, and 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 then, um, and of course, Carl Anthony Towns, a, but you don't we need him and he and Embiid. But obviously, something would have to include Edwards and Russell, I would think. If they're yeah, you would think both, probably. Yeah, both. I, at least. I but, mean, again. They have left Ed Davis. Yeah, no, they have nothing. They have those three guys. Orion Prince. I, you can't name half their guys anymore. Right. No, it, it would, would you do that 
is that a fair deal if you were doing some Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons? If you're Philly, would you do that? You well, would. I would because I'm, I'm fed up with Ben Simmons. Right. I, they'd be lucky to get that deal, in my opinion. But, but you know, they, they obviously – we faced a very high value on them. And had, look, they're sitting there – their reason to think that there was going to be an enormous interest. Oh, my God, all-star Ben Simmons. And, you know, he is the oddest star in the league. Would say, to be very polite, he's the strangest, oddest, most unconventional star in the league. An all-star. All There's no question. There's nobody – with, with, the, with the monumental up and, and, and the monumental down side that he has that purports to be an all-star. Especially in this current climate of the NBA where if you can't shoot, like you could have gotten away with Ben Simmons 20 years ago. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, but yeah. You can't do that now. No, and then, and then there's the ongoing. I mean, it's not just that he can't, but then the free throw thing. Right. And he's alleged right. you're, you know, I don't count, point grade six nine, but point guard you you got to worry about him in the last two minutes or three minutes and this can't is, put the ball in your point guard's hands no so uh, that's why i don't want any part of him because i don't and right i'm gonna have some miraculous conversion over the summer of, of 2021 I, which i doubt is happening uh you know well you know what him. he can do he can be effective in regular season but when it comes down to the playoffs that that's when then he gets exposed Sure. Yeah, man, it was. I mean, nobody's doing that every regular season game. They don't mean enough. You know, they're, they're not playing that hack a, a, a game on Ben Simmons every game. But in the playoffs, they will every time. Well, there's another guy that's moved. That's moving. Yeah. He's, he's quite used to moving. I bet he can pack very well and very neatly. And knowing him, he probably does pack very neatly. Uh, with his ninth team in the last seven years. Because twice he's gone, uh, moved on in the mid during the season since he left the Celtics. So counting his last year, half year in thought. Boston, Rajon Rondo, 34 years of age, has been shipped to Memphis. He's getting closer to home, Jeff. Just yeah, as yeah. close as he's going to get, I guess. I don't see yes. any other franchise that's going to get him closer. So unless they revive the Louisville, Cur- you know, Kentucky Colonels, he, he's uh, um, so. I, it, all kidding aside, he's a very fascinating study, a career study, don't you think? Yeah, I was very, very critical of him when he was with the Celtics. And I was critical of him even coming into Boston because pretty much every coach we played for didn't really like coaching. Like even Tubby Smith, he won't say it publicly. He's, he's way too nice of a human being, but, you know, he, he couldn't coach Rondo. And then you had... You know, Doc couldn't really coach Rondo and Brad didn't love Rondo and, and shipped him. They shipped him out pretty quick. And I don't know. I just felt like it was the perfect storm for Rondo. Right. You put a guy around who can't shoot with three Hall of Famers and it worked. It worked. But if you didn't have him with three Hall of Famers, is Rondo anything brought, close to what he is? Like, but he brought, you know, he at his peak there with he, he brought extra stuff, many things to the table. Totally. Uh, he, he has great court vision. Yep. Uh, he, he's a three-time assist leader. I don't know. I, I didn't realize he had actually led the league yeah. three times. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's a big steals guy. You know, he, he, he used he, to be a great defender. Oh, he yeah. Not, great. Oh, he's 34 now. I mean, it's not that. Those, I'm talking about his peak. Yeah. But here's a guy. He has 42 career triple doubles, 32 regular season, 10 playoffs. He has, and, uh, and I'll say this, and, and this is a, an unsupportable statement uh, other than my – you know, my, my uh, uh, observation, yeah. 
because the numbers, I don't think you have to, you can rely strictly on the numbers. With the possible exception of Fat Lieber, inch for inch, he's the greatest rebounder in the history of the NBA. Inch for inch. Fat Lieber was. The best rebounding guard, certainly under 6'4", that we've ever seen, except for maybe Fat Lever. We can't forget Fat Lever. <laughs> it was Lafayette Fat Lever was putting up those triple doubles, was putting up those double-digit rebound games too. With the and Nuggets, right? Fat Mondo Lever. in his young prime <laughs> with the Celtics, he put up, he had some enormous games. Yeah, he Absolutely did. Absolutely enormous games. And he was the guttiest rebounder, defensive, offensive. It was, and he was, that's a bonus. He was, a, he, he was a tremendous asset at times, you know, until he wasn't, you know, but, uh, but, but then, and then he goes to Dallas and he, and he, he and, and Rick, yeah. he doesn't even finish the season. Remember? Yeah. And, oh yeah. And now it's, it's a, he's a, now he seems to be a permanent rental, you know, I mean, well, the crazy part too is is you always heard about how tough Rondo was to coach and and everything like that, and then it kind of flipped. Even in the locker room, I remember in Chicago. If you remember, like it was Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and Rondo. Obviously, Rondo got hurt in the playoff series against the, the Celtics, and everything changed. Yeah, yeah, that was important. But it was also in the locker room. Butler and Wade were boys, and Rondo actually, the younger guys loved Rondo. Loved him. He he fought for him. You know, Jimmy Butler, you know how he treats younger guys anyway. And uh, and Rondo really stood up for him. And I think, you know, the, the interesting part will be what will the next chapter of Rondo's career be once he retires? Will he be a coach? Because everybody talks about how cerebral he is. But can he coach players? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know Rondo well enough to know. Can he um, can he deal with that? I heard it. More than once out of the lips of Doc Rivers, smartest player I ever coached. Wow. Wow. And, and I go, oh, uh, you know, I'm just going, oh, well, if you say so, I can't contradict you. Right. But, um, okay, the only thing I ever got out of Doc on the subject of Rondo, other than that, you know, in terms of, you know, what's the deal, Doc? You know, come on. Yeah. You can tell Bob. I'll, I will, just between you and me, what, what's the real story with Rondo, Doc? And the, the most I ever got out of him was, you don't know what Rondo you're going to get day to day when he shows up to the gym. Right. Which he's makes sense. Which makes sense. So didn't say he's a bad person. Didn't say he was a bad teammate. Didn't say that at all. He just said, you but he was moody. And, and, uh, and that's a, that's the, as far as he would go. I think as far as I know, KG and Pierce liked him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah Absolutely. I mean, stick up for him. Yeah, and, Ray Allen and, and, and Rondo weren't very good. Well, that. Ray, Ray, Ray didn't end well with Boston anyway, but uh, uh, sadly. But anyway, yeah, Rondo. But here's the thing. The reason I, one reason I was intent on talking about this, uh, and as soon as I saw the story, oh, boy, this gives me an excuse to talk about Rondo when I saw they got traded, right, was somewhere in the last couple of months, I actually saw someone float the idea of him in the Hall of Fame. Oh, come on. I, well, I mean, I'm just saying. Come on. Well, that got – I said – Let's take a 20. No, no. Let's have a full timeout on this one. Stop it. Boy, who, who, who's next in the I Hall of Fame if Rondo goes to the Hall of Fame? I mean, come on. What are we so, doing? No, of course not. You know, but this, this was maybe playoff Rondo, you know, and all that stuff, you know. Which, which no, the highest level which Rondo. We which we didn't see this year, by the way. So. No, he didn't, we didn't show up in the playoffs. Last year, we didn't see it this year. Right. No, high, no that Rondo in, 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 you know, Years two, three, and four. Yeah. four. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, you mentioned. Oh, he had a, he had a, of those ten playoff triple doubles. There was a 32-10-15 against Chicago. 
Um, no, no, that was regular season. He had a couple monster playoff ones. Oh no, I mean he he was an intriguing player. Yep. Well, very intriguing player. I mean, I wrote. I, I, it was fun, it was fun to write about because of the nature of his game as a writer, your columnist. It was a dream to write about. And did you I, deal with him much personally? No, 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 no I didn't. Um, I didn't. Ha- I didn't. So I can't verify anything there. I'm I got a good story for you. I got a good story for you. So a couple of years ago, um, it was when the Lakers were in, right? It was the Lakers when Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins were on the team and they came in. I think it was Lakers. Had yeah, well, that would have been. But I'm trying to remember where like LeBron and the other. It, it, so it must have been, it was pregame. And I'm going over. I never got along with really either one. But really, I didn't know Rondo. Cousins I knew, and we did not have a great relationship. And um, and I walk in the locker room, and DeMarcus is there. And we had made up a few years ago. We talked for a while in Vegas uh, at, you know, Summer League. He caught me coming out of a restaurant and kind of went at me a little bit. And we were good, and we've talked <laughs> several times since. So I go over, and he's hurt at this point. DeMarcus isn't playing. And uh, it's the visiting locker in that back left corner, Okay. So we're in the back left corner and DeMarcus is talking to me in there probably for a good half an hour Hmm. while everybody pregame is out shooting and Rondo comes in and he asked DeMarcus to move and DeMarcus is like, no. And I'm like, oh, this should be fun. And he's like, come on, man. And and DeMarcus is like, no, no, no. And I'm just like, I'm waiting here for like haymakers to be thrown. And like, you could tell like Rondo's like, come on, man, just, effing move you're not even playing you're not playing i'm trying to get to my locker so i can i can change or whatever get ready um so i I really thought it was going to (laughs) escalate potentially i really did because these two dudes are both capable and and both stubborn and uh finally uh boogie moved over and 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 we talked a few feet over but it was it was it was pretty uh interesting it could have been uh it could have been one of those stories bob that I wish I had had on video if they started oh, yeah. makers at each other. By the way, as we speak, as he enters the 2021-22 regular season, he is averaging exactly 10.0 points a game career. Wow. Wow. 8.1 assists. Still. Um, I wonder how many guys are in the Hall of Fame that, that did not average double-figure scoring if he ends up being sort of that, which I'm he gonna, will. I'm going to guess none. Uh, no, that yeah, doesn't mean I wouldn't advocate somebody that I believed in for if I, you know, but right. this is it the guy, uh, you know, there's a reason why he keeps moving, you know, which is he's somebody, I don't know whether people just think maybe we'll get one more thing out of him. But I don't know. The one, only, the only time we know for sure was dissatisfaction was losing Dallas that we know for sure. Yeah. Uh, that, that you know, he was, he got, he got benched, right? He got. Just, oh yeah. Which like, you knew Carlisle and him. That was stay home. Right. That was not going to go well at all. Uh, did you see uh, my guy, Luca Garza, got a two-way contract with the Pistons. Played very well in the, in the summer league. Oh, I, want I, him to make it. I can't believe it's even a two-way. Like, to me, how do you not – how is he not your, you know, reserve big? Like, he's, <laughs> he's shooting the ball well from the perimeter now. He even said – he's like, listen, I, I saw a quote from him. He's like, listen – I probably can't beat anybody in a, in a three quarter you know, court sprint, but you know what? Who's going to go harder than me is basically what he was saying. It's like, I'm, and it's true. Like 
He's lost a bunch of weight. He still doesn't run the court smoothly by any means, but he plays hard. And now the biggest thing that he's done is he's made himself into a, a pick and pop big if he wants yeah. to. Well, that's extremely important in this game. Right. You want a guy like that on your 12-man roster? You can't find a, all these teams, 412 yep. times 30, 360 exactly. players, you can't find a job? I'm sorry. I'm, uh, uh, that's uh, that's an indictment of the mentality of this league right now, I think, if you can't find a job. I'm no, Luke is, Luke is one of those guys. He's just he, – he, Again, watching him and his progression over college is, is has been awesome. All right, let's let's end with this. So, overtime elite. I don't even know how much you followed this thing, but overtime elite is now also taking players from college basketball. The G League takes five or six a year, and they pay them somewhere in that five hundred grand range. Overtime elite has backers, big time backers like Kevin Durant, Jay Will. I think Bezos, like big time backers, money people behind it. Okay. Their, their model is they're taking kids in high school. Okay. So they're offering them could be a hundred grand, could be as much as 600 grand a year to basically leave high school. They're going to pay them. We don't even know who they're going to pay, like who they're going to play. Um, we don't know a lot of the specifics, what, how they're going to make money. Uh, you know, overtime is a basically it's like a uh, it's a company, Bob, in which they put out highlights on on social media. Mm-hmm. That's how they get their money. So they got a ton of money behind them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this model, they're going after anywhere up to about 30 uh, high school players. And those high school players aren't going to be able to play in college after they get overtime. Right. The only the only route they can go at that point is five or six of them will go to the G League Ignite from there and then the other 25 are probably going to either have to stay at overtime for a year until they're eligible for the nba draft or they can play overseas or wherever well i know we're heading there there's isn't there a third i think at one point i thought there were three entities out there that were that was probably the failed lavar ball league no no i don't know i i I remember that but okay but we look i say this with regard to how this affects college sports yeah basketball and and football because we have entered into the, the that famous phrase, the rest of our lives. We have entered into the rest of our lives. It isn't coming. It's here. Right. And, and that's it. It's here. And the NIL thing is already having incredible ramifications. People like me never saw coming to a month ago already. Yep. All right. Yep. And I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure a lot of ADs are blown away at big schools finding out what, what, what suddenly yeah. what the immediate ramifications are of the NIL going on with the, the football and basketball. And maybe even in, in North Dakota with the hockey team. Who the hell knows? I'm serious. They're going to um, make some money. Yeah. All right. Point is, we're in the next, we're in the, in the rest of our lives with this thing. And, and we're learning to adjust to it. I mean, I, I, college sports are never going to be the same as they, as they were. Uh, you throw in what's happening in football with, the, with the Texas and Oklahoma. And, and the ramifications that's going to have for basketball as well. And, and, you know, football was the, is, is, is affected basketball. It ruined the ACC. It eliminated, it, it totally smeared, you know, blew out the Big East. Um, it's, you know, all, all because of football. Two leagues that were founded strictly without, with basketball and only basketball in mind. And that, that's the case of the ACC. People have to understand that. Younger fans don't understand right. that, you know, this goes back to like 1953, 54, when they formed the ACC. It was about basketball and nothing else. So, all right, anyway. No, we're in the rest of our lives. And I'm, I'm not happy about it. Uh, I, because I feel, did I waste all those years, you know, <laughs> the cheering and, and, and following it and caring and, and 
you know, it's going to be different, it, Bob. It's, you it's know, totally it's, different. it's hard. Cause I, I, I like it for the kids. They get opportunities. So it's, it's good for the, these kids, but yeah, I mean, but now what, you've got, you've got this league that again is taking these kids in high school that I don't know how educated these kids are and their families on their decision. Now, again, if you told me in high school, I can make $500,000 my senior year. I probably would have went. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we of course, it's, it's, it's such an abstract for us, you know, to even consider it. No, we don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to come from a certain background and, and have that opportunity presented and, and, and immediately and, and right. how your head wouldn't be turned. No, I don't understand all that. Uh, but, but they're going to, you know, the experience that as it used to be, that it, as it could be of, of the collegiate experience, you know, um, it, it, it it's, doesn't exist for these kids anymore. And, and, and it's a part of life that they'll never know what they missed. Right. But then again, as it's, con- as it's constituted now, it isn't quite the same as it was even 10 years ago, let alone 50, you know. But you yeah, still I mean, come- they're not going to have that brand. They're not going to have that college experience. But no. you know what? If they're that good, Bob, they're going to get to the NBA, whether they go to overtime, uh, league, whether yeah. they go to the G League, whether they go to Duke, whether they oh, go to Murray cool. State. If they're the pool, that's right. the NBA is going to have to work from. You know, right. The pool's going to check it out. They're going to be watching. The pool is already, it's only two rounds and the pool's been extended to Europe. And there aren't, uh, I didn't count this year. I'm going to do it when we're done. Just to how many, uh, uh, on the 60 people that were drafted, uh, you know, how many Europeans as opposed to uh, American born? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, oh, it's all different. That's the pool. That's what you're dealing with. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I'm one that's saying, that I would, I've been an advocate of, of uh, forget Ryan Dunn, let him come, but let him come and understand that, that they may wind up in the G League, you know, as, sure. and, and that's fine with me. I don't care, you know. Oh, no, it's different. And uh, where, where do we get the college basketball? Uh, how would you like to be trying to put together previews? Oh, I got uh, to start working on them soon. I got to start, like, you know, preparing and, and looking. How do you keep track? I, I, I mean, you have a mean. You, you're, that's your how you keep track of everything, you know, the portal. I couldn't I keep up with a transfer list, Bob. I gave I up on it late, late in the summer. I said, the hell with it. I can't keep up with it anymore. No, I wouldn't think so. It's, I don't it's, anybody it's, has that it's very hard. I, I'd like to, the, the project I wanted to do, and maybe I'll do it for the top 25 teams. Let's say that the pre, my preseason top 25, what is the percentage of roster turnover from a year ago <laughs> to now? I bet it's got to be about 50%. So I'm, oh. I'll work on that. I'll have the answer for that for you next week. When you guys come back, I'll have the answer for, for the roster turnover for the top 25 preseason teams. And hopefully we'll have some more, uh, you know, we'll have some more news. Uh, Lowry Markinen, one of the biggest names left on the board, not, not much left, but we'll talk about that next week. I'm sure on the Ryan Goodman podcast. So thanks for joining us again. Maybe uh, Ben Simmons will have a new home. Maybe he will. Probably not. He'll probably be uh, he'll probably be holding out uh, when the uh, or, or or they may be holding him out uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when training camp starts. So, all right, there you have it. We'll see you next week.